Some women get burned by the fire and some women rise from it. Welcome to the Born to Rise Society podcast with Laura Sanzo, where goddesses come to rise and go from survivor mode to creation mode. Are you ready, goddess? Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Born to Rise Society podcast with Laura Sanzo. I am your host, Laura Sanzo. I'm so excited to be sitting down today with Melissa Bohard Jacobson. Melissa is a confident life and performance coach, as well as a confident performance coach. So welcome, Melissa. Thank you. It was important for me to have you on because confidence seems to be a word that keeps coming up um, in recent days with me. And, you know, I think in the time that we're living in with you know, imposter syndrome and social media, it's so important for people to really lean into their confidence. And um, you work with a lot of performers, which we're going to talk about. And I, I find that nowadays because of, again, social media and people that are building brands and businesses, we almost have to show up every day like a performer almost, even though we may not be, quote unquote, a performer on set. So I wanted to lead in that as well. But let's start with Eversity because that's where we kind of got connected. So you say that you work with your clients a lot to show them how to go from adversity to triumph and really allow that adversity to empower them. So can you just shine some light into that? Maybe just share a little bit about your journey, how you were able to model that for your clients as well? Oh, absolutely. So adversity to me is an opportunity. The truth is that life is full of adversity. <laughs> life is full of challenges. Life is full of circumstances. And I'm, I'm often telling my life coaching clients in particular, particularly some of my younger clients, that we cannot have a roller coaster ride of emotions that's based on outside circumstances. We have to have this inner unshakable core of self-belief so that we can weather those adverse circumstances and bounce back quickly. We can't be victims of our circumstance. And that's a very powerful concept to internalize. Actually, I'd love to tell a a little quick little story that I tell a lot of my clients. So as you mentioned, I work with a lot of performers. I work with a lot of young performers. And I also work with People who are not in the performing arts world, but this, I think this story about adversity and planning for it um, is really appropriate. So once, I'll just start with this. This is a true story, but I'll start with once upon a time anyway. So once upon a time, there was a little girl and she was about eight years old and she wanted to be a famous singer. For some reason, she knew at eight what she wanted to be and she somehow, maybe someone told her, or maybe someone tried to tell her it was unrealistic, but she made a decision at about eight that she was going to reach her goal. No matter what obstacles came along the way, no matter what hurdles she would have to overcome, she committed to being successful before she knew what the circumstances would be. At eight, when you hear who this is, you'll you won't be surprised probably. So obviously she did face many, many hurdles. And one of the major hurdles that she faced was she auditioned twice for a magnet high school of the performing arts. She had already uh, been in a Broadway show at the time, and this was in her local community. She auditioned for this magnet school and was rejected. So she went back the second year and got rejected again. So 
because of her decision at eight, she just kept moving through. And I'll give you a hint at who this is. She's actually from Boca Raton, Florida, which is about an hour south of me. And her name is Ariana Grande. Wow. And this is the example that I use for a lot of my young students who are getting ready to audition for things and need to understand the same thing. This parallels things that people need to understand about life outside of the performing arts. It's a direct parallel. We cannot be defined by our circumstances and nor can we be defined by our perceived failures. That does not define us. We're defined by the decisions that we make about what we're committed to and what we believe, what our self-belief is. So we define ourselves by how we interpret our self-belief. And so sometimes we get a faulty belief very early on in our life and that runs us for the rest of our life. So it's, it's really important to get clear on what your self-belief is because that's where your confidence and your self-esteem and your, I like to say your self-belief and self-trust come from. I love that. And I think it's important to note that like adversity never really ends. Even Ariana Grande, even as her personality as she is now in this global persona, I'm sure she still faces adversities and she still has tremendous skill sets. You had mentioned confidence. So let's stay there for a second. What is your personal definition of confidence? And what would be your top advice for everybody to, you know, regardless of what's happening in their external environment, to wake up every day or show up every day with a sense of confidence? So confidence is different than self-esteem. So let's first make that distinction. We can be very confident in certain skills that we have, but we can also not have self-belief or self-trust. So to me, the definition of confidence is someone who unshakably has an unshakable core of self-belief, no matter what the circumstances are. We, We are, you know, let's not be naive. We're facing very, very, very tough circumstances all over the world. So we're not going to be Pollyanna about it. But somebody that is truly confident has an unshakable inner confidence that is not, um, they, they might feel uh, sad or emotional than they have. They, they have an emotional response to their circumstances, but they bounce back to that base core self-belief very quickly. And I think another very important aspect of confidence is someone who has learned to make a distinction between necessary fear, appropriate fear, and irrational fear or fear that is unnecessary, that is triggered by a lot of uh, irrational thinking. So somebody that has this inner core of self-belief also has to learn how to make a distinction between fear that's important and fear that is maybe unnecessary and is brought on by overthinking or, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the other side of completing the, the confidence circle, that core belief, but also dealing with fear, I think, is a huge game changer when you start to recognize, the, you start to look at your thoughts and distinguish, okay, this is a survival fear that's necessary, right. and this is an unnecessary fear that's keeping me stuck, and I don't need it. 
I would imagine this is of importance also for people that are um, dealing with anxiety and other mental issues in terms of the fight or flight response and knowing what to be yeah. your response system. And so, so in terms of anxiety and just obviously you had mentioned that we're in very um, uncertain times, they're calling it also the pandemic of mental illnesses as well. You work a lot with high school and college students. So why do you think it's so important for people in that season of their life to really be able to start working through social and emotional issues at that young age versus, you know, having them to deal with them in the 30s and the 40s and onwards? Well, for a lot of reasons. I mean, the main one is we want to do what I call setting yourself up for a successful future, taking ownership of your future by getting in touch with what your belief systems are about yourself. Because once you identify what belief systems you have about yourself that don't match what your ambitions are for your life or what you want for your future, and once you reframe those beliefs and replace them with beliefs that are going to support you in having a positive future, you're going to have a lot more um, quality life going forward. So to avoid wasting time and all of this, you know, basically it's habitual thought that causes a lot of anxiety and arguably a lot of depression. You know, there is some depression that is biological in nature, but a lot of it is circumstantial and a lot of it comes from our beliefs about ourselves, having negative self-belief. And as we continue through our life, these beliefs keep getting repeated and repeated and getting embedded further and further. So we want to nip that in the bud so that these are, you know, future leaders of our society can get running and, you know, hit the ground running, having the life that they want and having the fortitude and the strength to deal with the circumstances that, you know, their life is different than mine was um, when I was, you know, in my early, late teens, early 20s, the future was very different than what they're facing. They need, desperately, desperately need this unshakable self-belief that they can handle anything that comes their way. And, you know, it's terrible to spend, you know, years of your life in a prison of low self-esteem or anxiety or depression. My job you know, in my capacity as a life coach and a hypnotherapy practitioner, my job is to free my clients of these issues so that they can live life the way they want to without this problem, with this problem eliminated. They need freedom now because they've got a long life ahead of them and we want them to live it, live it well, just regardless of any circumstances that they're facing. You brought up hypnotherapy. So let's stay there for a second. Can you just talk to us a little bit about hypnotherapy and how you use it in your practice? Absolutely. (laughs) I'd love to talk about that, of course. So hypnotherapy is a way to eliminate unwanted issues from your life. And I use a form of, I'm trained in a form of hypnotherapy. It's called rapid transformational therapy. And it is designed to relatively rapidly over one to three months, rapidly and permanently eliminate an issue. So I use it for a vast array of clients. I use it for my performers too. Um, I use a combination, not necessarily hypnotherapy, but I use a lot of suggestion when I'm working with performers. 
So let me give you an example. Yeah, I love that. I use it with uh, performers. I also train teachers in using suggestion in the classroom to get better outcomes. Because when you learn how to communicate with your subconscious, when you give your subconscious the right instructions, it'll obey you every single time. So, for example, with my performing arts clients, when I'm training them in the, a performing arts skill, there's like, you know, like any other high-level skill, there's lots and lots of steps that you have to master and you have to coordinate all of those steps together. And you're constantly practicing, 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 trying, trying to get these, this coordination. So I find that when I, when I have my, my clients do something, I call, a, I call it a command card. I have them write down all of the things that they want to remember to do when they're working on a monologue or a song or whatever, you know, an audition, whatever it is that, or it's an interview. You know, I do work with people on interview, successful and confident interviews, do whatever the case may be. Write down a list of things that you want to remember that are going to help you be successful and confident, in whatever task that you're doing. Look at that command card and tell your subconscious, let your subconscious do the remembering because that's what the subconscious does. It remembers everything. So you command and instruct your subconscious to remember all of these things. And you say, I demand and command and instruct you to do all of these things. And it works instantly because you're using the power of your subconscious by commanding it, telling it in a way that it can understand. It will do exactly what you say. And it's very interesting. I mean, I've had a lot of experience with different kinds of people. This works for special needs kids, too. I had um, a special needs um, client that was preparing for an audition and had a lot of impulsivity and a lot of, um, you know, grabbing stuff off the piano and needing to wander around, having trouble focusing and just a sort of repeated behaviors. So I gave his, his subconscious some, some very specific suggestions and imagery, and it worked like a charm. And suddenly he was able to focus and do what he needed to do and, and have a really phenomenal, successful audition where there was no distinction between his audition and anyone else's. He was brilliant, and that's what really turned the corner for him. So it's, suggestion is very, very powerful. Hypnotherapy is incredibly powerful. Again, if you have an unwanted issue and you're really motivated to be free of it, hypnotherapy allows us to go to the root cause of the issue and understand where it originated and what were the beliefs that one interpreted. Right. And then it allows us to eliminate that belief and replace it with a new belief that supports you in having life the way you want it to be. And it's very effective. I have my clients as young as 10, eliminating issues like anything from um, game addiction to low self-esteem, negative thinking, anxiety, depression um, for my teen clients, imposter syndrome, I've worked with people on uh, success blocks, public fear of public speaking, lack of self-belief that gets in the way of success, a lot of anxiety, test anxiety. Uh, another great story. I've had a lot of great success with people that have 
test your exam anxiety. I had a student from the University of Miami, which is a big Florida school. This was during the pandemic. And she, um, I, I worked with her sister too on food issues very successfully. But she had three major finals and she had gotten like a 60 in the 60s on a couple of these previous exams. And she was having severe test anxiety, sweating, couldn't focus, couldn't think straight. She did not tell me that our session was on Friday and that her exams were on that following Monday until Friday. But it was a really, really happy ending because it worked quickly and she was very motivated to do the work over that weekend. And she ended up with over 90 on all three of her exams. And then I worked with her sister who had food issues, had, wouldn't eat, would only eat certain foods. And um, as a result of our work together, she was able to let go of her anxiety about eating and was able to enjoy having meals with her family and her boyfriend's family. And that, you know, she still uh, had a limited diet, but she was starting to experiment and she no longer had any anxiety about eating. So it was an amazing, amazing result. So just, just a really a multitude of issues that can be eliminated in your life. So like, why waste time suffering with these issues? Panic attacks. So many people are struggling with insomnia, panic attacks. This does not need to be. This can be eliminated from your life and you can be happier in your life if you're willing to let go of these issues. It's an interesting question. I love that. Sorry, what was that? There's a reason why we have these issues and we have to want to, on a subconscious level, be willing to let them go because... We have issues. These issues a lot of times are oddly a protective yeah. measure that our subconscious takes, but they're also very often hurting us and limiting us and keeping us stuck. I love that. And we all have the ability to be able to live with intention and exactly what you said, freedom. I love that. Because I think when people think about freedom, they think about time freedom, financial freedom, but not like the freedom of just like, living without all these restraints that are so avoidable. So let's talk about the confidence performance coaching because it's, it's, it's so cool. So if any performer that's going to listen to this, what can they expect when working with you? So we're talking singers, we're talking actors. Yes. So of all capacities. I have a deep background in um, a couple of different areas that um, over the years have congealed into, I guess, my own version of performance coaching. So my background um, includes um, being a professional singer and an actor, but also I was a, uh, I ran a theater company. I was a producer and also did educational theater for kids. And I also studied to be a school psychologist and obviously, so I have a pretty intense background in psychology and also you know, my training as an educator, all of these things combined led me to create not, not only to have a pretty deep skill set in terms of technique. So in terms of, you know, the technique of being a good singer, technically, the technique to be an effective and believable actor, these are things that I have some pretty deep skill sets in. And that's great. You know, working with public speakers, you know, I have a lot of experience in public speaking and a lot of experience working with public speakers, teaching the skills. But in addition to that, 
You know, when people work on their performing arts skills, there's a fringe benefit that often happens. They become more confident. You know, if you've done a lot of performing arts, you're going to be a pretty confident speaker. It's kind of a, it's kind of a fringe benefit happens, sort of goes along with it. But I took it to a deeper level and I created actually a confident mindset curriculum that pairs with the skills. So I use a combination of both mindset and mechanics so that not only are you um, using really uh, excellent skills that are going to, you know, and teaching you step by step how to get these skills, but also combining it with thinking in a way that allows those skills to work at their, you know, to work optimally. The minimum, so we're talking about combination, combination of mindset and mechanics with the goal of having a minimum of stress and a maximum of confidence. That's for performers, but that's also for people <laughs> living their life. I love that because they must learn in terms of mindset, so many things that they could take into other areas of their life when they're off the stage. So in terms of performers, so I had asked you this at the top of the, I think even before I started to record, we're all kind of performing in our own way, especially if we have a brand or a business or showing up on social media. What can we learn from performers as we're like, you know, building our brands and building our communities online? I think that is a fantastic question. And I think the main thing that you can learn from performers is to let go. I'm going to say two things, actually. Number one, to performers, professional performers do not care a whit about what other people think of them. They've given up worrying about that because in order to be a great performer, you have to say goodbye to self-consciousness and judgment from other people. You just give that up. So that's, I think, very powerful for anyone in business to let go of worrying about what other people think of me and do, you know, trust my gut, trust my instinct. And also, you know, coming from the hypnotherapy side, understanding that the only opinion that really matters is my own. So that's number one. Number two is rehearsal. You know, trust, trustworthy rehearsal. Prepare, you know, proper preparation that is um, efficient, you know, step-by-step rehearsal process. I'm I'm really big on um, outlines and routines and step-by-step procedures because, again, I said this before, and I think it bears repeating that we feel instantly more confident when we know what we are doing. So it's really important to get with a coach or, you know, a mentor or an educator of some kind that is going to give you a step-by-step process for everything and and then apply that in your preparation. So you've got to have a clear step-by-step process and then have that preparation, do that practice. You will, you know, you'll get to a point with certain things where you don't need that practice and you can just trust. Like I'm, I didn't rehearse for today. I'm trusting myself. I'm, you know, thinking ahead. So, you know, there's a lot of times nowadays where I don't need to practice or rehearse, but I've had a lot of time. I mean, you know, I, I, I've got a few years on me and I've been coaching for 20 years. So, uh, and I've been performing for, hmm, let's see, (laughs) over 50. So, you know, so you're 30. (laughs) So some things are now 
you know, just so easy for me from repetition, but it's all about repetition. So whatever you need to do to get to that sort of um, critical mass of repetition where you can just trust yourself, I think those are the two things that anyone can learn from the performing arts that they can apply right away. I love that. So let's talk about music for a second. So you've written an album of children's music called French Fries and Giggles. I love that. I would love to know where that name came from. I, and that question just instinctively came to me. But, you know, I'm somebody that when I get into my car, I turn on my music, you kind of forget what's happening around you. You start to like, it raises your vibration. You just change energetically. How important do you think music is um, in terms of mental health and just raising somebody's vibration? And I would love to know where that name came from, French Fries and Giggles. Okay, so that album was done over 20 years ago. And uh, it's so true. I mean, that album was inspired by my own children. And um, people would put that CD, you know, it's a CD, um, which is kind of, you know, old fashioned now, but they would put that CD on in their their car and their kids would just go silent in the car for the whole car ride. (laughs) So... (laughs) Music is definitely huge in so many ways. And, and so many people, I have many people that come to me that have said to me, I want to have um, singing. I want to have singing lessons with you. I'm, I've, I've stopped doing therapy and I want to do this instead. Wow. So powerful. that tells you a lot about music and how healing it is. Um, it can also have the opposite effect though. So you have to, you have to um, be careful that I, I started to say this before that, you know, the performing arts can give you a lot of confidence, but they can also take away confidence if it's not handled right. So if you get a belief that you're not enough because somebody along the line, this happens a lot, somebody will say, you know, your, your voice is very good or you're not a very good speaker, or, you know, and then you embed that belief. So you really have to be with a coach that teaches you that, you know, your beliefs are yours to create and you don't have to buy into anything that somebody else says. So music has this incredibly powerful ability to heal us and help us. And like you said, take us into another dimension. And I believe that music is directly from the angels because if you, if you talk about the miracle of music, we human beings are the original instruments and all other instruments are modeled off of our own instrument. Right. And our instrument has two strings, two vocal folds. That's all we have. And they're just these tiny little strips of mucous membrane and we can do all these things with it. And it's really very miraculous. And all other instruments are designed on this, this human instrument. And you know, we, talk, we hear about angels singing in the Bible and, you know, there's all of this spiritual connection with music is so much a part of prayer and meditation and um, it's very heaven sent, very miraculous. French fries and giggles. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the French fries and giggles came about because um, my son, I think at the time we were talking about his favorite food and he just always wanted to eat French fries and they were so delicious. And so I, hold, I wrote a whole song about French fries are the world's best food. Of course, they're not the world's healthiest, but they're the youngest. And then there's a song on there called Give Yourself Some Giggles. And it's just all about laughing and giggling. So that's how the title came about. 
it makes me think of like if we could just even just get more intention with just like being in the moment and just like finding something to laugh at just the simplicity of that so let's talk for interviewing for a second so i think some people wouldn't even imagine that you know they could hire a coach to help them get through an interview what what does that process look like and even just like one tip to somebody that you know is going into into an interview of any kind really so I have a, actually have a coaching session today with somebody that is um, going to be interviewing for um, a big company as, you know, he's interviewing for an internship. So, and I've done a lot of this kind of coaching. So I think the, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you my recipe, two ingredient recipe for charisma. So a lot of people think charisma, which is uh, this, you know, magnetic quality that someone might have to draw people to them. Uh, a lot of people think this is this innate, mysterious ability that you either have or you don't. And it's not true. That's a complete myth. Anyone can have charisma. All you need is to make eye contact and smile at somebody with, like you're doing right now with your beautiful smile, <laughs> your beautiful, you have gorgeous white teeth. And when, even if you have, you know, snaggletooth teeth, <laughs> When you smile at someone with your teeth, it triggers something in um, the other person's brain that, that called known as their mirror neurons. So when you smile at somebody and you look them in the eye, or at least you appear to look them in the eye, they cannot help but smile back. They're triggered to smile back at you because of the, the mirror neurons in their brain. And when you make someone smile, you make them like you. So your job, your first job at an interview or an audition, which are basically the same thing. Right. Your job is to be liked. And the first job is to be liked. And when you smile at someone and they smile back at you, they're going to probably like you right off the bat, right away. You know, make somebody smile. Make someone like you. You're, you've gone a long way to be having a successful interview right from the very get-go. You, you had said that you work with a lot of parents who have children in the industry. What would be your advice to any parent that may be listening to this and, you know, either their child wants to act, even being something as simple as being in commercials, maybe they have, you know, some, a dream for their kids to be in the industry. What would be even just one piece of advice to any parent that's going to listen to this? My advice would be, even if you as a parent have a background in the performing arts, as you know, I did coach my own kids to an extent. But then I delegated that out because my advice to parent is protect the parent-child relationship over everything else. Do not coach your own child because there's the, what I call the great divide. There's a, there's a big disconnect, the great disconnect between a child and a parent. And I see this over and over again as I coach children and they're like, can you please have my parent leave? You know, they don't, they, parent, children want approval from their parents and they, they're terrified of disappointing their parents and parents want to love their children and help them and do everything for them. And so they coach them out of love and helping them. And there's this big disconnect because the child hears that as you don't approve of me right. and you're disappointed in me. And the parent hears this, you're resisting me and you're not letting me help you. So we have this big tend to have this typically, and that's not always, but very often we have this big relationship hurdle that doesn't need to be there. So my advice is, is find a really spectacular coach that has a true rapport with your child 
hire an expert, check the rapport, make sure the rapport is there, make sure they're very qualified, make sure that they're um, obviously safe to work with. That's right. very important. You know, don't leave your, don't drop your child off at some stranger's house and leave and go do grocery shopping. I mean, right. you know, look for a coach that has, as I do, an open door policy with parents that um, communicates with the parents, um, delegate it to an expert who is going to communicate with you very freely and allow you to come in. Like when I'm working with a client, a child, um, I ask the parent if they're going to leave, come back 10 minutes before the end of the session and we'll show you what we've been working on. Um, so that, all parents. Right. So that they're not out of the you know, picture. I don't believe in that. I think it's very important for parents to vet the people that their children are working with really closely, but then trust, trust the expert. I want to talk about competition before we end because competition, whether somebody's a performer or just like in any niche, really, you know, every niche right now is just kind of exploding. What would be, or how would you talk to a client or coach a client through being able to be okay with the competition, whether they're a performer or not a performer, really? That's a fantastic question. And the answer is very simple. There is no one like you. Therefore, you have no competition. You are the only you. You are the only one who relates to your ideal client that is attracted to you because of who you are. There is no competition. There's no scarcity. Um, You put yourself out there, you know, uh, with authenticity, honesty, you show people who you are and all the amazing things that you have to offer. And the people that are attracted to you because they relate to you will be drawn to you. So there's really, there's no need to waste any time or energy thinking about the competition because there's only one you. Um, sometimes I will refer someone out. There's no problem. I'm book solid all the time. So I can't always accommodate everyone, nor should I. Not everybody is right for me. And as far as being a performer, uh, same thing. I mean, your job as a performer is to audition and train. And if you understand what is unique about you and you find opportunities that align with your uniqueness and you know how to make people like and remember you, there's no need to concern yourself with competition. Your job is not to get the job anyway. Your job is to be liked and remembered. The the people doing the hiring, that's their job to make those decisions. So the mindset piece is so huge here. If you're focused on the competition, you're not in it. You're not in the moment. And you're never going to get anywhere. You're not going to get where you want to be if that's what you're worried about. Or it's again comes back to that letting go of those unnecessary fears. That's an unnecessary fear. Just let go of that. Social media. Social media has obviously changed every industry and the performing industry is no different. What would be Mm -hmm. or how do you tailor your clients to really incorporate social media into their brand and any advice in terms of how they show up on social media and how they can really kind of build their brand? Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of changes, you know, with the pandemic. Um, There's a lot of uh, learning curves that are are being being climbed rapidly, almost instantaneously. And I think that my biggest advice to performers 
when you are um, using social media is be careful about what you put out there. You know, make sure that it represents you uh, the way you want to be represented, to be aware and thoughtful that you're representing yourself in a way that is positive and is going to draw the right kind of attention to you. I would say video, you know, again, rehearse, prepare, but don't get stuck in perfectionism. Put yourself out there authentically. Perfection is not that attractive because it's, it makes people shy away from you because you don't seem human or real. So you're not relatable if you're too perfect. So I would say just, you know, prepare and then done is the new perfect. Put yourself out there, but just be um, conscious of how you're representing yourself. Done is the next perfect. I think I've never done that before. New perfect. It's so clever. I love that. I feel like it needs to be on a (laughs) t-shirt. Is there anything... Before we end, is there anything that is resonating with you? Anything that you're being called to share? Well, yeah, actually. um, So I have a couple of free things on my website. Um, A lot of people are experiencing insomnia. So I have a free download on my website um, to help you overcome that. If you ever want to talk to me about any of these things, I always offer a free consultation That's really easy to get. Um, Just jump on my website, go book a consult, and we can set you up with a free uh, consult. And I'm um, excited that I am actually working right now on a holiday release of a new um, course, an online course. It's called Sing Your Way to Self-Confidence in Six Weeks. So (laughs) so that's getting – I'm – recording all the videos done is the new perfect it's all happening right here in my own studio um and there's a lot of great information in there and um, i'm excited that's going to be um next week we're going to start marketing it and um putting it out you know i guess starting to launch it so um that's something i think is a great thing it's a great gift you know, the gift of singing and self-confidence um, in a six-week course is a great, uh, great thing to give someone. So that's so that, for people that are not singers as well? Yeah, it can be for anyone because it's a step-by-step process of how to maximize the mechanics of your voice. Um, even if you're not a professional singer, you can become more joyful and better at singing right. um, you understand the mechanics and the some techniques. And also there's that mindset piece. That's a really big part of the course as well. So that's going to benefit you in your life. And there's so many great takeaways in that course. that are going to help you live a better life, sing with more confidence and just live with more confidence. That's I love the that. Part. And we'll put your, your website and then show notes and everything. And all the information I guess will be on, on there, right? Yes. Yes. I don't have the course up on my website yet, but that should be, it should be up there. Um, next week. And um, I have two websites. So I'll make sure I give you both of those. One is geared towards the, the performing arts, you know, confident performance coaching. And then Melissa Bohr Jacobson is my life coaching and hypnotherapy site. But that course will, I'm sure I'll, you know, they'll, they'll be available on both those sites. Amazing. So, Great to see that. Yeah. 
Thank you so much, Melissa. This is such a pleasure. I've learned so much. I, I think I'm going to have that in my head all day. Done is the next. Perfect. perfect. Thank you. I, <laughs> I think I'm actually going to call the episode that. <laughs> yes, for sure. I mean, that's the biggest, you know, let again, you know, I'm really on this kick about letting go of unnecessary fears. Let's let go of this fear that we're not enough, that we're not perfect enough. There is no perfect being except for the one above. We are not designed to be perfect. We don't need to be perfect to change people's lives or to be successful or to have a successful relationship or to be a successful performer. We don't need to be perfect. We just need to know that we're enough and go from there. That's so beautiful. I think that's a perfect way to end the episode. So thank you so much, Melissa. Thank you everyone for listening and be sure to share the episode with the woman that is ready to rise. Mm -hmm.